Well, this morning it is a privilege to be here in God's house and to be able to bring the word this morning. And uh, it's such a great day, a patriotic day. And this morning I felt like there's something we ought to do real patriotic. And uh, sir, would you bring the flag, please? If you would stand to your feet this morning as the flag enters the platform. All the soldiers that have served, would you please come up and join me this morning? Donnie? Come on up here. What an honor it is to stand arm in arm with soldiers. I never was a soldier. I was drafted, but because of injuries to my knees, I could never serve. I know I would have went. I would have been, been Vietnam, but I would have been a good soldier because I know how to follow instructions. And this morning, let's do the Pledge of Allegiance, gentlemen. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jerry. Thank you, Jerry. Love you, Pop. Thank you, gentlemen. You may be seated. My father was a soldier in World War II. He served over in Okinawa, and he was a mess sergeant. Doesn't mean he was messy, but it means he cooked. And he loved to cook and wound up many years being in the food business. But he was an honorable man who loved his country and served in the World War II and was able to go over to, uh, to the Japan and, and see all the devastation that happened there at World War II. But he always, always had such a patriotic heart. And I can always remember seeing him. Any patriotic song, he'd cry. Thank God for patriots. Amen. Well, this morning we're going to be talking about Memorial Day, obviously. And well, my set message is going to be building uh, up your memorial. Building up your memorial. This morning we're going to be celebrating the fallen soldiers and those who have died representing the values of our country. Remember this. If you're taking notes, these are some of the things that you might be surprised at. In the last 237 years since we've been a free nation, 1,346,000 men and women have died in defending our great country. And they shed their blood for the freedom we can now enjoy. Can you say amen? amen. We must not forget those brave soldiers. There's something about living in America 
it makes you so proud and thankful that we have the freedom that other countries do not have. Pastor spoke last week about the freedom that's and gone in other countries. They don't have freedom. And how we have freedom, but how we've got to all protect it. It's getting more difficult all the time. Scriptures tell us in Psalms 33, 12, blessed is the nation whose God is Lord. We must remember that our Lord, our Lord is still Lord over this United States. Amen. 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 We've been benefiting from blessings for being under God. President Reagan once said that we are a nation under God. If we do not, if we forget that, we'll be a nation gone under. Powerful words. Now, he wasn't speaking of Allah. He wasn't speaking of any other gods. He was speaking of our God, God our Father of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We all know the nation, our nation is under attack. How many can remember where you were on 9-11? It's not a problem. I know exactly where it was. I was going to drive, uh, driving down Denton 35, I had to go pay a ticket. Went to court. Most unusual thing I've ever seen was going into the courtroom. And in 9-11, you know where you were. My wife was folding clothes. I remember going into that courtroom in such an amazing heaviness because I'd heard on the news that there was a plane that had crashed into the towers. And as I was listening to that, I went into the courtroom and I saw the somberness of the courtroom, the judge, the bailiff, they were all in there and so sad. And then I found out as the bailiff comes out, he's giving reports on all the things that had happened and taken place in that few minutes that changed America and the scene of America. We know again that we are under attack always, physically and spiritually. The devil is trying to take us out. But have me know that greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. Amen. Amen. The enemy is always trying to eat away at our freedom. The very moral fiber of our country is built upon freedom and the soldiers that fought for this great nation. We need God in America again, Donnie. We need God in America again. Hallelujah. Memorial Day is a day of holiday. Now, a lot of people go out and shop. I plan on doing a little shopping tomorrow myself. That's okay. But we've got to remember to what tomorrow means. It was originally set aside to honor those who died in the Civil War. Of all those 1,346,000 men and women that died, a lot of them died in the Civil War. An amazing war, if you think about it, Today we have tanks, we have planes, we have all kinds of sophisticated equipment on ships out in the Gulf in various places. Back then they went and they took their gun and they fought face to face. I understand in England it was an honorable thing to do, would be fight face to face. I'm thankful today that 
we had the technology and all the equipment to keep that from happening today. But many, many citizens were killed and many guys fought that war for this great country and died on that field. In Washington, D.C., there stands many monuments. I have not been there. My wife uh, left me one day, not left me, but she left and went with the kids and passed her uh, take a little trip. And she went to Washington, D.C., and the monuments, the beautiful monuments there are amazing. You've seen them on TV. If you have not seen them in person, you've seen them on a movie or a TV. They are amazing. To give you an example, the structure of the Lincoln Memorial is, is a humongous thing. I didn't realize it was big. The structure includes 36 columns, 44 feet high, made of Colorado marble. Inside seats a 19-foot statue of Abraham Lincoln made out of Georgia white marble. Wow. You know what's amazing about that is that it's a reminder, a memorial, a reminder of what that president did for us. Now, I am not going to stand up here and tell you this morning that I'm either Republican or Democrat or Independent. It doesn't make any difference. I'm a Christian. First of all, I'm a Christian. But I may suggest something to you this morning that will be very beneficial for you to do. I suggest this. Let me ask you a question. How many here have been to the Bush Center on the SMU University? Okay. A few of us. I suggest to you that you go down there and you take four or five hours would probably be not a lot less, but my wife read every single thing there was to read. But she enjoyed it, and that's good. But that is an amazing place. They call it a library. And there's thousands of artifacts that had to do with the eight years of the president, George Bush. The thing about it I want to impress upon you this morning concerning that memorial that he has set there in that beautiful SMU University is the fact that it doesn't make any difference who your party is. Once you walk into there, it makes you proud to be an American. I'm telling you. When you walk in there and you see the things that are displayed and you read about it and, and you can see the things that happened in the White House, it's amazing. Pastor has the opportunity, had the opportunity of sitting behind the desk in the Oval Office of the very President of the United States when he was in office. It is amazing. The Oval Office is totally just set up identical to it. I believe the only thing that was different was the fact that there, the president's chair is an archive. But everything else was exactly the same. We had an opportunity, and I want you to remember this if you go. You'll probably see a little area that you may not get into. We happened to go on the first year anniversary of the opening of it. 
And we were able to go into a room called the Situation Room. Amazing place. They reassembled this in that bush center identically what it was when it was being used in the White House. Now, if you don't know what a Situation Room is, it's where the biggest decisions have been made, first of all, protecting our country sending young men and women to the countries to protect our freedom. But the situation room, they made decisions in there that will be for our lifetime. The walls were wood, the same wood they transferred in. The table I sat next to had a mark on it, on the table. I put my hand on it, and for some reason there was a deep mark there. And the lady pointed out, that's a deep mark. And I thought to myself, why was that marked there? I don't know why. But it could have been in anger. It could have been disgusting. It could have been in, in turmoil. Who knows what happened that day. But it's so amazing to be in that room. And that one room, except the president's chair, was identical chairs that all these people in the armed forces, the chief of staff, the vice president, the president, set in made rules and regulations and things to change the course of our history. So I just suggest that as a side note. Uh, take the time to do it. It's not that expensive. I thought it would be more. If you're old like we are, it's $13. $13. I think uh, it's less if you're military, and if it's uh, your regular citizen, I think it's $16. But it's, uh, you can buy a hamburger and fries for that. But the, the importance of that memorial there was not because of just the president, but it showed what happened in those eight years. Inside one room that was probably close to the size of this sanctuary was a, looked like a 30-foot tall pillar that was twisted, mangled. And what that was was the the actual um, piece of metal that was in the tower that had, they had wrecked it up and held up by wires. It was about a 30-foot tall piece of twisted metal. And I touched that. Probably shouldn't have. They probably would have got, got in trouble if I did. But I touched that and I thought, the thousands of people that died that day and how that metal was twisted by the heat of those planes. And how demonic that was to think what could have happened in our United States of America. It's hard to imagine, but seeing that was amazing. It's beneficial to remember the things that Jesus has done. Turn with your book and your Bibles, please, to chapter Joshua. Chapter 4, four verse 1. We talk about monuments. We're talking about stones, memorials, different kind of memorials. A monument in Hebrew is O-T-H, off, meaning a sign or a memorial, a monument. So you can use those words either way, memorial or a monument. 
Joshua chapter 4 verse 1 reads, And it came to pass, when all the people had completely crossed over the Jordan, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, saying, Take for yourselves twelve men from the people, one man from every tribe, and command them, saying, Take yourselves twelve stones from here out of the midst of the Jordan, from this place where the priest's feet stood firm, you shall carry them over with you and leave them in the lodging place where you'll be lodging tonight. Then Joshua called the twelve men whom he had appointed from the children of Israel, one man from each tribe. And Joshua said to them, Cross over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan, and each one of you take up a stone on your shoulder. It must have been a pretty good sized stone. According to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, that this may be a sign among you when your children ask in time to come, saying, What do these stones mean to you? Then you shall answer them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord when it crossed over to the Jordan, the water of the Jordan were cut off. And these stones shall be as a memorial for the children of Israel. Amazing story. I thought about getting a bunch of rocks and putting up here for an example, but I think, I think you got the memorial in your mind about old oh, big stones being piled up. There are 80 different times the word memorial are, is mentioned in the Old Testament. In Genesis 35, 20, Jacob set a pillar at Rachel's grave. A memorial. In 2 Samuel 18, 18, Absalom made a pillar called Absalom's Monument. Memorial is erected in reminder to help us to remember something that happened. Many years ago, 20, your mom died 20, how many years ago? 22 years ago, my wife's mother passed away. And she obviously has, like most graves, they have a memorial stone out there in the cemetery. But we thought how exciting it would be in our yard, in the front yard, to plant a memorial tree for her. We bought it for Christmas and we actually used it during Christmas, took the decorations off, and planted it in the front yard as a memorial for her, as a memory of Christmas time for her mother. That was a great memorial. We agreed, my wife and I have agreed. Now, to not have the big deal on our, on our funerals. I'm believing we're going to go up Amen. before we go down. I, I, I believe that. I'm not that old, I'm not that foolish to say that uh, we couldn't do it. I believe, it. I believe the Lord's come back soon. How about you? Amen? Amen. Amen. Praise God. But I, um, <laughs> I, I, I changed my mind, I should say. After my mom's funeral a few weeks ago, 
we talked about just, you know, having someone say a few things about us and put a couple of pictures out and not have an open cap. My wife doesn't want to have all that. Uh, I want to be dressed real nice and have somebody look at me. Just joking. But anyway, I, I was so amazed at my mom's going away celebration of how the Spirit of God was there. The pastor spoke. Had a Pentecostal church revival right there almost in church. pastor gave an altar call. We had a joyful time. It wasn't a sad time. Sure we cry. Sure we miss our loved ones. But the service that we had that day is exactly the way my mama wanted it. She would have wanted to have it joyful. She wanted to have it happy. And she wanted an altar call. Pastor mentioned about this beautiful keyboard back here. And when the Lord speaks to you, never underestimate when the Lord speaks to you to act. I'm telling you, because there's times when you know that the Lord spoke to you on something and you need to do it. That's one of the things back here, that beautiful keyboard, the Lord spoke to me about. I mean, it was just instantaneously. I didn't have to think about it. It was just like the Lord says, do it. Do it. That beautiful keyboard came moral for like the pastor said about my mom, for my mom. I'm not going to tell you how much money that my mom had left. It's irrelevant. It was nice, but I like to bless people. I like to bless things. I like to have blessings around when I get something to give it back. If I just put all my money in the bank and didn't spend it, I'd have some money in the bank. The thing about it is, what happens the banks close up? If banks can close up, this ain't going nowhere. <laughs> but I, I, I must tell this quick story and then go on with my message. Kendra, if she was here, she would know who I'm talking about this morning. She's out of town. I guess we're celebrating an anniversary. How many years? 25, probably. Yeah. So they're out of town, but if, if I were to mention this lady, she would know exactly who she is. But my mother's sister, many years ago, passed away. I think it's been 16 years ago she passed away. Well, she left her inheritance to her siblings because she didn't have any children. So she was able to leave a nice amount of money to each one of those relatives. There was four children out of ten left, including mom. Now I want you to follow this. This is pretty interesting. I said this during offering time uh, before, but I want to I reiterate it and, and, and show you how God can work concerning finances. When I was about eight or nine, I went to my aunt's house who was wealthy, and she had this safe, and it's, I can remember it seemed like it was about that tall. It was probably about that big. But when you're a kid, everything seems big, right? 
So I'm watching her, and she's opened the safe up, and there was three of us, plus myself was four uh, kids. They're my cousins. And so she's opened the safe up, and she's getting out green stuff. It's not lettuce, but it was money. And she opened that safe, and she began to give out money. I don't know if it was dollars, as $1 or $20. I don't know how much it was. All I know is I didn't get any. And I didn't mess up my life and have to go on Dr. Field or Jerry Springer or anything like that. It didn't ruin me. It didn't hurt me. But I always remembered that for some reason. Now I know why. My three cousins were there, got the money. I didn't get anything. Years later, fast forward, push the fast forward button. Many years later, my, my aunt died. She left the money. And my mom says, I got my portion of the inheritance. Now, she was a millionaire, so it, it wasn't a matter of a couple of dollars. It was a lot of money that she left. So the story is that those three cousins of mine, because of one that died, her, their parent died and didn't get any money, and two of them, my aunt didn't like one of them, and one of them she already paid someone through college and bought houses and stuff years ago. But this little old fat boy who was about eight or nine years old, I got an inheritance. You see how God does? He was able to look down the road and say, hmm, he didn't get any, I'll take care of him. Later on, I'll take care of him when he needs it. And the thousands of dollars that I've received is amazing. Mom gave me $5,000 the first day she got it, each one of our kids. And that's been many years ago. Already spent it, had fun with it. But it's amazing, you know, and that's just a, a portion of, of the amount of money that this lady gave to my mom and dad, and now they pass it on. Isn't that amazing how God keeps good books? And he knows, he knows how to take care of his children if we're obedient. Just two miles from here, it's a memorial park called Roselawn Memorial Park. Anybody know where that is? Right over here down the road. It's where a lot of my family members are buried. My mom and dad are buried there. And I know that's just a shell and a body down below that ground. I know that because they're celebrating with Jesus today in heaven because of the decision they made many years ago to walk with the Lord, to serve the Lord, and die in the Lord, and today they're in heaven. Amen? But back then, uh, my mom and dad bought these plots, and they're buried out in Roseland. But you know, in this entire place, there are monuments, the memorials, all that park out here with names on them. What is interesting, I'm a junior. My name's on there, too. It's a strange thing to go to the funeral or go to the uh, 
a, a, a moral park and see your name on a headstone already. <laughs> Many years ago, my and pastor has mentioned, my uncle Clifford Andrews was very instrumental in the food business with a corporation back in 1947 called Furs Cafeterias. Um, he really was a genius behind it. And he lived to be 57 years old. And in that time that he was out of the service until he was 57, he built a corporation of $234 million business in 120 different cafeterias across the nation. He said, the harder I work, the luckier I get. So he was very, very successful. Kendra's brother, Dennis, my nephew, called me up the day and he says, hey, I'm in Odessa working and I see a big picture of Uncle Cliff up there with a plaque, a memorial plaque, and it says, in memory of Clifford Andrews. I always thought that was neat. I saw it myself years ago. But I thought it was neat how he, many years later now, has seen one of his relatives that did something that made a mark. Amen? That was a great Christian man as well. He left a legacy as well. The, the amazing part about that is he kept it alive. He kept the moral, moral, moral kept him alive in that particular place, and especially in Odessa. There are memorials and statues erected in memory of good people and some bad. There are memorials that are not really good out there that are actually put up that are not good people. My dad was telling me when he was traveling from uh, Yuma, Arizona to, to El Paso, he saw this humongous trailer, uh, flatbed trailer, with this big old, big old thing on it, and it was a horse, and a guy on a horse reared back with a funny looking hat. It stopped, and they put it in Tucson, Arizona, downtown, in the middle or right in the middle of downtown, and it's a statue of Pancho Villa. If you're from Mexico, that's a cuss word. Pancho Villa was a bandito. He killed people. He did not like, uh, he was like an organized crime dude. But for some reason, they put his statue right downtown. Craziest thing I ever saw. But that was a bad statue. Now, there are good statues and there's good memorials. I have a couple of memorials in my mind. You may have yourself of memorials that you have built in your mind of events that happened to you. Now, I can remember exactly. December the 24th, 1959, I was at my grandmother's house. We were playing, and my cousin shut the door on me, and it was a French door. And for some reason, well, back then there wasn't any safety glass. If you're old enough to understand, safety glass was invented later that just crumbles. It may cut you a little bit, but the, safe, the unsafe glass had jagged edges. And I'm telling you, once you met up with that glass, you're going to get some cuts. So I, I 
was trying to push my way in this door and my cousin tried to keep me out. As he was pushing me out, my hand slipped, my hands and arms went through the glass. I hate French doors today. I wound up with 77 stitches and I have memorials to, on my arms bearing those memorials. But you know, we also have memorials that are built up in our minds that we, we need to forget and put away. Book of 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23 to 25 talks about the Lord's Supper. I'm going to read it to you. We, every time we do communion, we do this in remembrance as a memorial. It says, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is a new covenant of my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. A remembrance of what happened that day. Jerry Hobbs, Pastor Jerry Hobbs is here visiting this morning and we have mutual friends and Don's a friend of him as well. And do you remember Pastor on the front up here the, the communion table that said, in remembrance of me? That's just what was in the churches years ago and they are still there today. But I, I could never understand as a small child you know, I was even as old as you, Eric, before I could understand what that meant. I kept seeing this on the front of that thing. Every time I'd sat down, I'd say, do this in remembrance of me. I don't know, what are we doing in remembrance? <laughs> I didn't even know what it was for. But that was when we put the communion sacraments on there, and it says, do this in remembrance of me. I finally figured out later on what it was. But he took the bread, took the wine in remembrance. We need to, to go ahead and, and, and focus on erecting good memories. Most of the time we erect memories of sad things, our failures, rather than our successes. God wants us to erect stones of remembrance, mindful of his commandments. President Woodrow Wilson, the 28th President of the United States. If you're alive this morning, you'll be an old person when he was president. Said in one of his speeches, it is very difficult for an individual who knows the scriptures to get away from them. This was the president. I'm going to read it again. It is very difficult for an individual who knows the scriptures to get away from them. We need to erect stones of worship and giving glory to God. This praise team, I'm always amazed how good they are and how they're anointed and how they begin to worship. You know what we are? We're worshipers. Before we're anything, we're worshipers. The word is very clear on it. Worship Him in spirit and in truth. 
And that's what we're designed for is worship Him. So we have to wreck these and say, this is what we're supposed to be doing. Erecting stones of being humble and obedient. Hebrews 5.9 says salvation is related to obedience. It's been written about Jesus having been made perfect. He became to all those who obeyed him the source of salvation. How many are glad you're saved this morning? Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. One of America's beautiful landmarks is the Statue of Liberty. I've not seen it in person. It's on Ellis Island. My wife has a uh, great-grandmother that came from Germany. Her name is written in some of the immigrants that came over to, to this great country from another country. But that Statue of Liberty, as beautiful as it is and as big as grander as it is, pales in comparison to our Statue of Liberty, the cross. Amen? Amen. That Statue of Liberty is what we run to. That Statue of Liberty, the cross, is where we cling to. Knowing that Jesus liberated us from the bondage of sin in our lives and declaring liberty from our past. This morning, we've got, we've got to get past the past. We've got to put a moral up and say, this is in the past. R-I-P. I'll say, rest in past. Let the past rest. Leave it alone. We know that rip means rest in peace. But I say rest in past. Leaving the past behind and go forward. Too many times we're stuck in the past and some people dress like it. Some people act like it. I've got a cousin who is 65 years old. I'm not going to mention his name, but this dude still follows rock and roll. He's a roadie. He's 65 years old. I talked to him a few weeks or two, two weeks ago. He's still traveling around. He's a rock lover, a rock star lover. And all he did was a kid was smoke, drug, do drugs, and rock and roll. And that's what he is today. He still works. I don't know how he does it, but he still works. But we need to put that past and bear the past. The past of the past. That's for somebody here this morning. Somebody needs to bury your past. Someone needs to put it in the back, in the ground, and leave it alone. The past will destroy you. Memorials that fortify the mind where the battlefield is. Do you know the battlefield is in your mind? Or am I the only one to have a problem with this? I'm telling you, the mind will just do all kinds of things if you don't watch it. Be careful because the mind will create things in there that you, you don't want to have created. 
memories and things. And we got to guard our minds. Ephesians 6, 17 says, Guard our minds with the word of God, putting the whole armor on the helmet of salvation, putting the word in our hearts so we may not sin against God. In Psalm 119, 11, When the enemy comes in like a flood, a standard be raised against it, according to Isaiah 59, 19. Satan tries to destroy our minds. He launches an all-out attack on our minds. The mind is a powerful thing. I was standing there with my mom's doctor as she was slipping away, body shutting down. I was, I asked him this question. How does it work? Does the heart quit beating first for her? Everybody, everybody's individual differently. I said, what will be for her? Will her heart quit beating? Or will her mind tell the heart and the body what to do? And he said, very quickly and briefly, he gave the explanation. All he said, he didn't even say it. He pointed and he said, this will control everything else. I was blown away. Because two weeks before, he said that she'll die of pneumonia. You don't know my mama. My mama's tough. That generation back when my mom and dad were living, that is a tough generation. I, my mom and dad, my mom's whole family's tough. I got a, uh, I've got an uncle right now, and Denton Regional Hospital, 94, be 95 in August 6th, and the guy is just as tough as nails. Now, I know and he knows, we've talked about it, and we're going to preach his funeral here. won't be long because one day soon he's going to go meet Jesus. I asked him, I said, Billy, are you, my uh, pastor and I begin to talk, are you ready to go and meet Jesus? He said, at my age, I'd be a fool not to. But today he lays in the hospital and knowing, I visited him yesterday, and he says, boy, I ain't got much time left. And I said, okay, okay, you'll get your new body. You go see mama. Go see your sister. But today, his body's wearing out. It's going to happen to all of us if we live long enough. I just be, I'm just blessed to have parts. Anybody got parts? Replacement parts. I've had replacement parts on my knees. And thank God I can walk. Raise up a standard. He can prosper you. He can take care of you. Satan tricks us in trying to penetrate the memorial wall, though. He'll try to tear that wall down. He's a liar and the father of all lies. When the devil brings up your past, remind him of his future. Look what the Lord has done. Look what he has done in our lives. Think back all the good times the Lord has given you and has given us through his son Jesus. 
A monument is a memorial, a visible reminder. The cross of Christ is that great visible reminder. Reminded of old songs, and Jerry, you'll understand this when I say these old songs are powerful. The old rugged cross where I first saw the light and the burdens of my heart rolled away. When Jesus was on the cross, I was on his mind. The old rugged cross, the cross makes the difference. Jesus didn't stay on that cross, and we know that. We know he rose again on that third day became our risen Savior. Amen? Aren't you glad you're saved this morning? Praise God. Hallelujah. Musicians, if you would make your way to the platform, please. I'm a little tender-hearted this morning. I, I, I'm not quite a crybaby-like pastor, but I'm a little tender this morning because I'm reminded of what my parents made a difference in my life, of how they taught me right from wrong and how they brought me up in church. How they put the importance of the cross not on a wall, not around a chain around the neck, but the cross that he died on. Stand this morning with me, if you would, please, all across this place. Important as it is that those people, men and women who have died on the battlefield, a much greater sacrifice is a cross. That blood that was shed for me way back on Calvary. The blood that will never, 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 never lose its power. Life begins at the cross. Matthew 8, 34 said, When he had called the people to himself with his disciples also, he had said to them, Whosoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. So we have to deny our own feelings. We have to deny our own selves and say we're going to pick up that cross and follow Jesus.